1: Welcome, I'm Shannon Penrod and you're watching Autism Live. We are coming to you live from my house and from our producer's house, which are not even close to each other. Uh, And later we're gonna have a guest who's gonna be coming from somewhere that it's not even close to either one of us. And that is the state of the state. Uh, Hey, which reminds me that hopefully you guys have received a notification that we are having a town hall tonight. This is uh, very exciting for me. It's a town hall, so everyone is invited. I, I will tell you that there is a limit to the audience, but it's a large limit, um, but you know, come early uh, so that you don't get bumped out. But um, the, the topic is the State of the State of Special Education and our special guest is Bonnie Yates. She's gonna be with us. She says she's got some cutting edge stuff, first of all, to notify you guys, because as you know, As things changed and directives were put out by different um, entities uh, that asked us to please prioritize essential businesses and um, there were school closures and all these other things, there there was some little statement um, that was given to the Secretary of Education, who is Betsy DeVos, and it asked for directive for her about what to do about X, Y, and Z, right? Um, And some of the... uh, some of the directives have come through now because she had, the, I don't know, like 30 days to respond. Some of that has come through. And if you, like me, don't know exactly what Betsy DeVos said and how it impacts your kid, then you're gonna wanna be there. And that's tonight. Uh, for those of you on the East Coast at 7 p.m., it, you know, the the math is, so it's 7 p.m. Eastern time, it will be at uh, 6 p.m. Central time No, right, 7 6, yes, 5 p.m. Mountain Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time. And if you're in Hawaii, I count on you to do the math because it's past me. I'd have to take off my shoes. I wanna say hi to Estella. Estella, hello, and Raquel, and to Christina, we're we're saying hello. Hey, that reminds me that there's lots of different ways to interact with us, uh, especially today. Want to hear your interaction. Uh, if he has a second, Trayvon will post that for you. It, uh, there are lots of ways to watch live. Let's talk about the live ways first. First of all, you can watch on our homepage, which is autism-live.com. Lots to do on that page, including check out our toy guide, chat with us anonymously. I'm able to access that here on my iPad that when you see my arm go up, uh, ever, it's because I'm looking at the iPad over here. Uh, and that's, the live feature. It's free. It's anonymous. Um, but you can also be writing in on Facebook on Periscope on YouTube and on Twitter. We are live in all of those places. And then, uh, the live show, you can replay it on any of those, uh, places, platforms, but we also podcast to the stuff that's on the other column, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio and Deezer. So check us out. We're free in all of those places. And that's really important to me that we remain free to you guys, I want you to be able to spend your, your shekels and your dollars and the pennies and your couch cushions on the things that you need to do to implement the things that we talk about here on the show, right. Uh, So I hope that you will check us out in all those places we, you know, everybody has been asking lately about well what can I do for you. I had a bunch of friends who were like, you know, you've been helpful to me. What can I do for you? Well, always with Autism Live, if you like us on Facebook, if you subscribe on our homepage, um, because that little box comes up and says, would you like to subscribe? You can subscribe on YouTube. And we love it when people give us a review on iTunes. That makes me extra, super special, happy because, you know, it's totally on iTunes. I don't know if you know this, uh, but, you know, you have your little icon and your thing is there and, And people can search and find you, but there's a lot of things that have autism and live in them, so it's hard to find. Um, But if people review you, your little icon gets bumped up. And if enough people review you, there have been several times that we have been in the top 10 uh, for our category. And when that happens, then you get front page. um, So when people open up their podcasts, you're right there. And then a whole bunch more people find us. And, and that's very exciting when new audience members find us. And that's the only way to do that on iTunes. So review us on iTunes, we super duper love that. Hey, I like to remind you at the start of the show that um, we have a lot of experts that are here on the show and you're gonna love our guests today. But just please remember that I am not one of the experts. Let's be really, really clear about that. I am a mom of an individual who was diagnosed with autism and I have, I have an opinion. And yes, I've been hosting shows about autism, interviewing people for over 10 years. So I like to say that I have an informed opinion, but it's my opinion, it's not an expert opinion. And so you must take that into consideration, yeah? Um, But I care deeply about what you're trying to do and I care deeply about the autism community. And, And I mean all aspects of the autism community. I always talk about how we have the core, which are individuals who are on the autism spectrum and we are here to serve that community. Please don't be mistaken. Um, no, I am not on the spectrum myself, although, you know, I don't have a diagnosis of anything, but I'm a very sensory person. I think we're all a little on the spectrum somewhere. Let me say that, but I don't have a diagnosis of an autism spectrum disorder. I want to be very clear about that, nor do I want to in any way, um, act as though I, I do or might or have, right. Uh, I want to serve those individuals, but I also know that being a person who loves someone on the autism spectrum, that all the people who love people on the autism spectrum need some help and support in order to help and support those folks. So that's what we try to do here on the show is help and support everyone so that we can get the resources and the respect and the jobs uh, and all those things going for those individuals who are on the autism spectrum. Got it? Uh, That's where I'm coming from. And uh, I don't expect everybody to agree with me. And in fact, I I glory when people disagree with me. I'm perfectly comfortable with that. I think that discourse is a great thing as long as it's civil. So that's where I am on that. But I do think we can all agree that the individuals on the autism spectrum deserve dignity and they deserve their their God-given rights, right? And their legal rights. I, if you don't agree with that, then please don't stay here. I don't, I, we have nothing for you if you don't agree with that, but I think you're, if you're here, you agree with that. Okay, so let's take that common interest and, and let's be in that together. You know what I always say, we can do this together. Si se puede, right? We virtually hold hands. Okay, so uh, on Thursdays, we like to start the show with something we fondly refer to as the jargon of the day. This is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what in the hey, nani, nani are the experts talking about? What does this have to do with this? Uh, I always say, you know, can this save me five minutes and five dollars? Because if it doesn't, do I really have time for it, right? Uh, So today's term is BIP, uh, or I like to refer to it as the BIP, right? (laughs) Some people refer to it as the BIP, some people don't. So what is the BIP? First, we give you the actual definition. Whenever possible, I make fun of it. Then we give you a working definition so that hopefully it can begin to start saving you that five minutes and $5. So the BIP is the Behavior Intervention Plan. That's what a BIP stands for. It's an action plan based on observations made in an FBA. Oh, goody, more jargon. That outlines how a team will improve difficult behavior that is inhibiting a child's success in school or other environments, and we're really talking about the behavior intervention plan um, in the school setting. Now, do we have the behavior intervention plans that happen at home? We absolutely do. I just think that we don't uh, we don't always refer to it as the BIP. Uh, you know, it's just you know what's our plan, whatever. But there is a very specific thing that the BIP does in the school setting. Um, so that's the definition that I'm giving you here. Um, and because this week is all about the education piece, right? We've had great guests talking with us about education and tonight we're having that town hall. So let's move on to our working definition of the BIP to see what do we really need to know out of of this. So the BIP is still a behavior intervention plan. It's a concise plan based on child specific data for successfully managing challenging behavior. It protects the child from forms of discipline that are not effective punitive and random. So um let's say that Johnny is in class and you know the the school calls mom and says hey you know Johnny's not paying attention and I, I, you know mom's like okay what exactly would you like me to do about that because I'm a great mom, but I'm at work when Johnny's at school and I don't have control over what's happening when Johnny's at school, right? And it's very frustrating. And what if it's, you know, Johnny's hurting himself or Johnny's hurting somebody else, right? Um, Whatever it is, school will notify the parents as if we're supposed to magically turn into that, the, the wife on the Incredibles and our arms can shoot out millions of feet and come to school and correct the child for what they're doing. It's crazy town, right? And yet, you know, so schools send home a couple of notices and saying, you know, he's hitting the the student next to him. And then eventually an IEP meeting is called and they go, "Mm, he's gonna have to go to a different setting because he's being disrupted. And one of the things in the IEP is that if he is, you know, preventing other learners from learning or harming other people, then he doesn't get to be in the least restrictive environment. And we wanna protect their least restrictive environment. Whatever their setting is that, that we said cognitively um, that they could go into, we don't wanna lose that because of behavior one way or the other, right? So uh, instead of sitting there and doing nothing about it, if, the, if somebody sends home a note and says, the child is engaging in a behavior, We can start by asking questions, but fairly quickly, we want to ask for that FBA that was discussed in the last slide. An FBA is a functional behavior assessment. And what that does is an expert, hopefully a BCBA that's on staff at the school, that hopefully has a BCBA on staff at the school, uh, that knows how to do a proper functional behavior assessment tries to figure out what's actually happening. Why is the child engaging in this behavior? They're going to look at what happens before the behavior, what the behavior is like, and what happens as a consequence of the behavior. And then they're going to, con- once they've done the functional behavior assessment, they're going to convene a team which will include the parents if the parents choose to be there. And I'm going to cheat cheat, you know, go right to, <laughs> go right to the, the point here, be there for that, right? And we're going to come up with a plan that hopefully is based on the data of what the child was doing. It's not like a prefab, oh, you know, the child is hitting somebody, so let's spit out the BIP for when somebody's hitting somebody, uh uh-uh. It's an individualized education plan, IEP, um, and the behavior intervention plan has to be individualized as well. So we look at exactly why the child is engaged in this behavior, which is unlike what any other child was doing, right? So we find the function or functions of the behavior and we sit down and we wanna make a plan for how are we gonna intervene. Now, good VIP says you know here's the behavior here's why we're pretty sure that it's happening but there's always a little asterisk that like you know we might find out differently um and here's what we can do before the behavior happens that's the antecedent modification here's what we can change before so that maybe we never get to this behavior here is the replacement behavior that we're going to give this individual because there's a reason why they're engaged in this behavior and sometimes That's something you teach somebody. Sometimes it's something else that you give them, but there's a replacement behavior so that we make sure that the need is being filled. That's key, right? And here is the consequence strategy that we have in place if this behavior happens so that we're not reinforcing the behavior. So I know I just spit a lot at you, but a good BIP has all of those things and If it isn't in the replacement behavior to teach something that we have something that we teach uh, as well, right? It's an educational setting. Of course, we want to be teaching something but we want to be successful. So if Johnny's not paying attention, and we do the functional behavior assessment, and we discover whole bunches of different things, right, we could discover um, that, you know, Johnny is sitting behind a girl who has a big old yellow ponytail that likes to swish it. And that Johnny is so focused on that ponytail that everything else he can't focus, right? So in that case, the behavior intervention plan is not going to be hugely horrible, right? We're going to try a different placement setting, um, for Johnny. And, but we're, we're not just going to leave it at that. We're going to follow that that process that I was just talking about. So the antecedent modification is that Johnny is put in a, a seat in the front of the classroom, uh, right? But also that the teacher is going to check in on a regular basis. Um, maybe we discover that because he's very visually that, you know, there's going to be a card that she holds up that gives him a thumbs up or a happy face or, you know, um, some icon that he likes when he's paying attention, right? And, um, and we're, we're gonna make sure that he, because that's part of the, the replacement, he's gonna get that visual stimulus from paying attention. And then we're gonna put a consequence in, uh, in place so that if we see that his attention has wandered, that maybe the consequence strategy is that the teacher goes over and just puts her hand on the desk and he knows that he's gotta pay attention, right? It's not punitive, right? And the whole thing you see here is that we put behavior intervention plan in place so that people don't just do something random and I, i hate to tell the stories of the teachers and the substitute teachers who come in there was the little boy it just makes me so mad a second grader who has a sensory thing that he likes to touch the tops of other people's ears. And they were working on that with him and they had a behavior intervention plan for this little guy, um, but nobody shared it with a substitute teacher. And so what she did was she kept telling him, stop doing that, stop doing that, stop doing that. And then eventually she went over and pinched his little ears and said, how do you like that? Do you like it when people do it to you? Because that's how she was raised. And let's stop for a second and go, where's the basis for that working? That's humiliation and pain and punitiveness, right? Um, but you know, she, that, that's how she chose to do it. Well, when you have a behavior intervention plan and when you, there's a box on the, the first page of the IEP that says BIP plan attached, when that little box is checked, then the BIP becomes part of the IEP, which is a legal document. And if people don't follow everything in the legal document, that is legally actionable. So if the VIP, like I don't want for anybody to be pinching ears to begin with, and I think the VIP is our best bet for like stupidity that happens to not happen. But in the case that it does happen, um, you know, the legal system has in place things that you can do for reparations for it. Now I'm not about that. I don't want to get to the point where we have to get reparations for somebody being horrible and cruel to my child. So I'm one of those moms that I'm all about the BIP so that my child, you know, gets the proper intervention and and doesn't get moved out of a placement that's good for him because somebody doesn't know what they're doing, right? I'm for education and a BIP plan teaches people how to how to react to things that your child is doing and I'm all for um, putting things in place that, that cradle our children and, and help them to be rockets and take off, right? So uh, every year, what I would do is take the BIP plan, even more than the IEP, right? But it's good if you can do both, but take the BIP plan and I would um, stick it in one of those protective sheets. A mom told me to do this and then put magnets on the back of it and you give it to everybody who is on your team. And you say to the teacher, um, the classroom teacher, and if you have a substitute, can you please tell them where this is so that they can read through this before the day starts? Um, Because I don't want to get to the point where we have to get lawyers, but I'll tell you what, um, it's important that you get the VIP and that you make sure that that little box is checked so that if something happens, um, you're able to point to it and go, excuse me, you knew better. I don't wanna wait till that. But anyway, all right, BIP, a pretty incredible thing. By the way, we talk about skills all the time. Um, skills has an amazing BIP builder. It's better than anything else that I've seen. I like to use it both to build a BIP, but to check a BIP. Because sometimes the school will just give you a BIP and go, well, here's the plan that we're going to do for your child, right? And then you check it with a BIP builder and it will tell you if it's a solid BIP, if it's scientifically based and you can follow right along and look at it. I, I've, I've shown the BIP builder to teachers and teachers go, this is amazing. It's a really cool thing. So that's skills for autism. You can check that out. Okay, we're running late here because we've got a great guest. So let's move on to our question of the day. Uh, our question today is what do you do when you feel yourself starting to melt down? Look, we all have moments when we feel like the wheels are coming off. (laughs) If you didn't feel that ever before, you're feeling it at some point in this great isolation, right? That we're all in. So what do you do for yourself when you feel a meltdown coming down? Now, I always say that there, for me, there's a difference between a tantrum and a meltdown. And a tantrum is when you're not getting your way and you want to get your way, right? And the, the, the defining thing for me is if, someone's having a tantrum and you give them what they want, then the tantrum stops, right? If I'm standing in line at the DMV and they're not, and they have let, letting other people go ahead of me and I start yelling and going, hey, you know, this is crap and I'm going to call and, and complain and you're taking people in front of me and da, 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 da. And I start to yell, right? I'm having a tantrum. But if the person says, I'm so sorry, you're next. Come on right now. I'm taking you right now. Then I stop yelling. That's a tantrum. A meltdown is when a tantrum happens and even if you give me the thing I want, I'm still upset and I'm still like the wheels are coming off. And and I don't know if you've ever had that happen. I certainly have had uh, meltdowns because I have allergies and I have sensory issues. And and part of what I want to say to you is meltdowns happen because there's other stuff on board. Um, But so when, and right now we all have other stuff on board because we've had we, are, we don't have control over our, our entire lives right now. We can't just do what we want to do. You can't just walk out your door and go to the mall right now. Uh, maybe in some places you can right now. I can. But um, so what do you do when you feel the meltdown starting? When you feel like, oh, it, the wheels are all coming off? Because I really want us to talk about this today because um, there are lots of things that we can do. And sometimes you might have a way that's really effective for you that I may never have thought about that ends up being my way. And I think it's good to talk about these things, to have a plan for what to do. And I think that when we know this for ourselves, then we are kinder and gentler for other people when we're watching them struggle with or achieve the process. And that's where we all need to get, right? Is having an awareness that just because what I have going on is not what you have going on. And that I know when I have something going on, what I would like is some understanding and maybe some room, uh, but some kindness, right? Um, but so let's, let's chat about, you know, what are the things that we do to help ourselves with meltdowns? Uh, but, but let's also get a little bit more in tune with the fact that everybody's got something going on. Whether it's this period of time when we're dealing with COVID or any period in time, everybody has something going on I, you know, I have a friend who was battling cancer, and um, she had to pull up and get her mail, and she just, it was a chemo day, and she needed the mail, and she couldn't, there, there were no parking spots, and so she parked in a place she should not have parked, and she went into the mail place to get it, and here came the mailman who was just screaming at her and saying, you know, lady, what is wrong with you? You are the most inconsiderate. You just are like this privileged, you know, this horrible. And my friend looked at this, this mailman and said, I'm really sorry. I'm like, I'm trying to focus on being able to breathe today. It's a chemo day. And the mailman immediately changed and was like, I'm so sorry. I, you know, I battled cancer two years ago. Bless your heart. What can I do? Can I help you? And the whole equation changed, right? Um, And sometimes we just, we're looking at other people and going, what are you doing, right? But it's because they have things going on. So we're gonna talk a little bit about more about that a little bit later on, but our topic, our topic of the week this week, we've already sort of touched on it because we're talking about education is learning to learn. How can we all help ourselves and help our loved ones to be efficient learners, and it is not a one-size-fits-all. It just isn't, uh, and as a former teacher, this is one of the things that jazzes me, is finding out, oh, I learned this way, you learn that way, how can I teach you, and when we connect, when I can teach you this um, in a way that is different than I learned, ooh, that's some exciting stuff, so we're going to talk about that a little bit later on, but we've got this great guest that's here with us today. Uh, he, I've I not had the, I've been friends on Facebook, uh, but I've not had the pleasure of talking with him directly before today. Brenton Tyler Hoffman is joining us right now. He's an actor, a model, a dancer, a guitarist, a rapper, a motivational speaker, um, and uh, an amazing young man. And so I believe that he is here with us. Can we activate his camera, Traven? And we'll talk to Brenton uh about all the things that we want to talk with him about so brenton are you there i thought i saw that i saw him come in the room but perhaps i am mistaken no is he with us trail all right i'm going to keep talking until we get that all up and running um and oh there there. okay i knew if i took a look. there's brenton uh brenton can you hear us uh do you see your sound button um on your uh And and maybe, Traven, you can be messaging him to let him know what he has to do. Uh, But I'm really excited. You know, more and more people have been writing to us and saying, hey, have you got time for me to be on your show? We do have a process for people if you want to be on the show uh, while Brenton is getting his stuff hooked up. But we love to hear from you guys. And if you have something in particular that you want to talk about here on the show, you can reach out directly to me. But it is important that you tell me what you want to come on and talk about. Uh, but uh, we're going to be talking with Brenton today about a lot of different things in his life and how autism is a part of his life and things that he does to motivate other people. Can you hear us now, Brenton?
0: Yeah, I can hear you.
1: Oh, and we can hear you. Fabulous. And so, so excited to have you here with us this morning. So, Brenton, tell our audience members a little bit about you and how autism plays a role in your life.
0: Well, it's a great question. Um, you know, it fluctuates. It, it, it goes in cycles a lot. It's a very, very misunderstood condition, probably one of the most misunderstood conditions on planet earth, I'd say, um, because people like to pigeonhole it and, and, and say that it's, um, you know, high functioning, low functioning. And what people don't understand is that it fluctuates in cycles. So one day you could be not, not functioning at all. You could be completely brain dead from the brain fog, uh, from the overstimulation, from the sensory overload challenges to everything in between. And then other days you're perfectly functioning and you feel fine. And But I would say that there's more off days than on. <sighs>
1: And so, to be clear, because I never like to define for someone else, um, but how do you, how do you identify yourself? Do you identify as? Do you, what words do you use to identify yourself? Let's put it that way.
0: You know, I'm actually uh, that's <laughs> I'm actually above and beyond identifications. I, I don't even really identify with much of anything anymore. Um, Wonderful. Yeah.
1: Wonderful. Uh, so tell us about you because you're very multi-talented and you have a lot of things going on. Tell us a little bit about your life.
0: Sure, you gotta bear with me as I'm trying to multitask cause I'm actually, I, I was, uh, I'm on the phone right now. Oh. On, on Zoom and I, and I wanted to bring it over to my laptop but there's like all these interferences. So I'm just saying, forget the laptop. I'm just gonna go straight from my phone. But, okay. Uh, but that's what was happening. And then there were some sound problems but I can hear you fine you can hear me so we're good so your question was a little bit about more of my life and what i
1: yeah well one of the things that you had said to me that you wanted to talk about i'm looking back at my notes because i'm like do i have this wrong uh the thing one of the things that you had said was that you wanted to talk about my life living on the autism spectrum but i don't want to put labels so tell me what you want to talk about with that okay
0: well yeah i think it's because you asked me like you know a couple couple things to talk about and I like to keep things relevant and so it's interesting because I I tuned into your show a little bit while I was multitasking and trying to you know get things set up and and you were you know basically it sounded to me you guys were talking about sensory challenges and stuff I heard you talk about going to the DMV and meltdowns and things like that so
1: I'm a very sensory person I was saying at the start of the show that I I don't have a diagnosis but I'm a very sensory person and I you know I struggle Uh, with sensory things. And I, you know, I have to take deep breaths and I have to have strategies to help myself uh, with that. But that's not the same as someone that has a diagnosis. And I'm well aware of that. But I, I always like to try to relate it to other people so that they can see, ah, this isn't, you know this isn't something that's foreign and removed. We can all understand these things. We just have them to different degrees. But is that how you feel about it?
0: Absolutely. It's a spectrum for a reason. And it took the DSM, you know, a really long time to figure that out. Um, You know, I was actually denied multiple times because supposedly I appear so high functioning, according to their criteria, as they put it, that they just, they, but the testing was always really close. They said, oh, mild, if anything, you have like very form of mild autism. I like, look, I, I I would tell them, I'd say, listen, mild, not mild, like, people, autism is, a, is like a conundrum. It, it's so complex. And I, I think that when you try to figure it out, you dig yourself deeper in a hole of confusion. And then there, there's a lot of misinformation out there. And uh, just like this whole COVID-19 thing, I think everybody's just trying to be a know-it-all and everybody's just trying to think they have all the answers. And I think that they would rather act smart and play off being stupid, if that makes any sense to you, like yeah. without judgments. Like they would rather than go ask for an answer, or figure out what the real answer is and get real evidence. They would rather act intelligent or think that they have the answer and make themselves look foolish, for their own ego purposes. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And I, think I
1: you know, hard. what I'm interested in is that you you have a very unique uh, vantage point. Um, because you are someone who I imagine you've dealt with some challenges in your life. And um, you famous. tend to be somebody who comes through them um, and, and have recently had challenges that you've come through. That's my and specialty. Well, talk about that. Yeah. Uh, you, there, there's even a name that they have for you. What is, what is your nickname?
0: The Walking Miracle warrior
1: and why why do you have that and how has that been reaffirmed recently
0: great question so the reason why i go by the walking miracle warrior is because i've overcome things that most people or you know when i say most i don't really refer that or put it in the category of all but statistically out of a lot of people i've overcome a lot of things that you usually don't walk away from and there's a lot of people out there you know that also have gone through similar situations but we're talking like You know, medically, um, they said it's like it was impossible, you know, like the percentages were like 0.00001, like just impossible odds, you know. Um, So I've been deemed a medical anomaly, uh, not just once, but
1: multiple times. And I don't want to pry, but like what are you able to are you willing to tell us, like, what are some of the things that you've come through?
0: Sure, sure. Uh, um, You know, my. My I don't know how much you investigated me or researched me or learned about me or whatever. I'm kind of I'm I'm famous amongst certain circles. You know, there's different levels of fame. You got like worldwide global fame, you know, they call that the Tom Cruise fame, you know, or whatever. And then and then you got, you know, you know, fame where people know you amongst certain circles or certain individuals. And I'm I'm kind of that name. My name's Bretton Tyler Hoffman. People when when I meet people, they'll go, Oh, that name sounds familiar. I've heard that before, or you look familiar. You know, so it's kind of like that, where certain individuals recognize you and other people have no idea who you are. Um, but uh, to, to, to answer your question, uh, in terms of like what I've been through, um, you know, like I said, my life is an open book. Uh, you can research me. My information's out there. It's on Facebook. It's on Google. But uh, for a few things, for those that don't know me, um, you know, going back in the history a little bit, um, I overcame a rare blood infection bacterium at six months of age. Um, I had a hernia at age five. I mean, what child, you know, five years old has a hernia, you know what I mean? Like that's serious stuff. So we're talking the six, the, the rare blood infection survived that, the hernia survived that. Uh, and then, you know, just overcame serious stuff you know years of child abuse and, and and neglect and 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 just so many different complication complicated things uh on top of sensory challenges and 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 you know things like that as if that wasn't enough to deal with but the serious stuff was like um at 18 years old I um uh, was in a major car accident and um shattered my c6 vertebrae if anybody knows anything about vertebrae and stuff like that. Your C6 is probably one of the most sensitive vertebrae on your spine. Um, Very similar injury. The same thing that happened to Christopher Reeve happened to me uh, and I actually survived it. I actually miraculously walked away 12 hours later when the doctors told me I would never walk again and they were just scratching their head like, how is this even possible?
1: You're a miracle. You're a survivor.
0: Yes, yes. Resilient, uh, as resilient as they come, I would say, yeah.
1: And you know, you've, you've taken that and you don't take it lightly from what I've seen of you um, and are trying to utilize that for good. You are a very handsome young man. Uh, and so you are uh, a model and you are an actor. Uh, a lot but of different things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. not professionally, a lot of different. But Yeah. You know, on my journey, you know, I've done a lot of things I've modeled and I've, you know, done music. I'm a hip hop recording artist and I've, music producer and I've done a lot of different things. But my main focus, um, you know, is is coaching and consulting. Harmonic Consulting um, is my company. And, um, you know, I I do a lot of uh, charitable work and, um, you know, I I give away my time and I I do things more from a philanthropic, a humanitarian perspective. And I've helped a lot of people with disabilities, including autism. And I've actually had, um, you know, one of my students actually is a very pretty successful person on the autism circuit that speaks all over the country with his mother. He's a former student of mine. I helped him and inspired him to get to the next level of greatness and, you know, really step into that resilience. So, is this
1: somebody we've had on the show?
0: Possibly, yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Are we, I, you're I not allowed
1: to him. say their name?
0: He might have been on the show. I'm not really sure. Okay. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say his name. I mean, he, he's given me a testimonial before, but we're no longer in contact. We don't, uh, I don't help him anymore. He's, he's done his own thing. I, I think that there was a perceived and I say it very, when I, 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 I really pay attention to the words I say, but I would say from his perspective, it was a perceived, he misunderstood me. Cause he's on the autism spectrum. He might've somehow in some way misinterpreted my intentions of me helping him you know, everyone has their fears and their challenges and their struggles, you know, and the stories they make up in their head, regardless if they're true or not. And I think it was one of those situations, but, uh, but I helped him tremendously in his life and his path and, you know, the success he's had today.
1: Now, one of the things that you also said that you wanted to talk about is the phrase, the spectrum in everything. Tell me what you want to talk about with that.
0: Sure. So I, I think that People will start to understand autism, and not just autism, but um, you know other disabilities, disorders, uh, diseases, um, uh, all kinds of things. Even this whole COVID nineteen thing going on right now. Um, if they stop identifying again, right? When you ask me what do I, how do I identify with stuff? I don't identify with things anymore because I think once you start to identify, you pigeonhole yourself into one particular thing, and then it's no longer a spectrum. So I think that everything truly is a spectrum all the way down from, you know, a snowflake with its most unique original designs. There's no two alike all the way down, you know what I mean? Like it, it, everything truly is a spectrum. There is no one size fits all. I don't know if you got that part in my message where I yeah. said that autism yes. isn't autism isn't a cookie people, you know, there's no cookie cutter approach to this, you know, stop identifying with what you think it is. And just realize that it's just—it's like a fingerprint. There's no one to alike. It's just that's the way it is.
1: And I and I so appreciate that. I don't know that I know how to overcome because as I always talk about, um, you know, that here on the show we're talking about the the larger autism community. So that starts with individuals who have a diagnosis, but then we extend that to everybody who loves them. Right. And for the people who I'm one of the people, I have a son who was diagnosed at two and a half. And so I care, I care. And I want to be helpful. And the last thing I want to do is use language that sets anybody back. Right. But sometimes we don't know. So I want to ask you like what, for those of us who love someone on the spectrum, what are the things that we can be doing to help and not hinder? Cause we don't always know.
0: Sure, great question. So I think that's when you when you when you treat them as the individual that they are through that perspective or that experience, and stop treating them like they're five, or stop treating them like they have autism, and you just treat them as so in that experience, if that makes any sense, then you'll have better and greater results. Um, I think that if you treat okay, there's this thing in sales. A lot of us learn this just in general and business and just life. And I've especially learned it. It's called mirroring and matching. And unfortunately, that doesn't work with somebody with autism. If you mirror and match them, they actually will think that you're um, that you're giving them a hard time. What I've noticed. And again, everyone's different. But I'm saying there's there's these universal. Um, similarities in a lot of people with autism and I think that when you have autism I've noticed this on my journey that when you have autism you have really greater intuition levels and you know who has autism and who doesn't like I can Mm. literally look at somebody I kid you not and I can know right away if they have autism or not it's just one of my gifts yeah, I, I just know who's on the spectrum, who isn't. And people say, well, that's extremely controversial. Like you're not a doctor. You don't need to be a doctor to have this level of intuition. That's God given you're born with it.
1: Interesting. Somebody's written in because we, uh, one of the things we have a question of the day and we ask people, what do you do to help yourself when you're having a meltdown? Uh, and somebody wrote in and said, I rarely have meltdowns, but they are vicious when they happen. And they went on to say that Having a learning disability made me feel stupid. Um, And as a former teacher, boy, that, oh, that just rips my heart apart. Because one of the things that we've been talking about all week is that people learn in lots of different ways. That doesn't make anybody wrong. Um, People love in different
0: ways, people express in different ways, people, you know, and it it really comes down to cognitive disson dissonance look that up co- cognitive dissonance and uh it, it really comes down to our belief systems and what shapes and makes our world
1: yeah absolutely did you has anybody ever made you feel like you were less than because of who you are
0: well great question back back then yes i used to believe that people made me feel certain ways but uh, over all the work that i've done on myself and my level of awareness and perception, I realized that it was never anybody who made me feel anything, but it was more myself based on my own perceptional experience.
1: Interesting. And so when you're coaching people, um, what? who's like your ideal uh, client? Like who, who do you, what kind of person do you really love to coach?
0: Well, for one, great question. I love to coach people who are coachable and are willing to want to change and make believe that they um, not so much have a problem but look at it from the perspective of they want to grow and they want to expand their level of consciousness and awareness and they want to they want to know how to basically stop constantly always trying to identify with things that that's what they are Uh, those are my those are my uh my best uh clients because they they they're more likely to have the most success in their life
1: and is it pretty open ended for your clients, Brendan? If they like, do you only take people who want to be in the public eye and want to be speakers or writers, or if somebody comes to you and says, uh, you know, hey, I, I just really, for instance, I, I want to be better in my social circle. I feel like I don't understand when I'm around, you know, people of the opposite sex. I don't understand all the unspoken stuff. Do you take those kinds of clients? What? What, what's your area of expertise, or is it broad?
0: You know, I'm really doing my best these days to narrow it down to one specific category of individuals. Um, but it, I mean, for the longest time, it's been broad. And I think that's actually, you know, I think that's hurt me more than helped me because it's like, you know, I have that mentality and that heart center where I, always, I just want to help as many people as I can. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I mean, it's a great quality, but what happens is it limits me because there's only so much time, there's only so much, you know, there's so many hours in a day, you know, there's only so much you can do for somebody. I think it really comes down to to work with the willing, who's willing to change their life for the better, you know, and and who's willing to invest, you know, life is, you know, yes, I've given my services complimentary and, 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 and have helped people tremendously for a long time. Most of my work, has been very, you know, philanthropic and, you know, and, and I, I help all different types of people and people who genuinely could not afford me and, and all these things. And, 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 you know, I think it comes to a time in your life where life is really a value system. And, and, you know, I think that people are willing to truly invest in themselves if they can really see an outcome in a situation. And I, I have to help them see that outcome, but it's never up to me. I don't ever guarantee anything because it's humanly impossible to guarantee something.
1: Sure. And um, one of the other things that you said that you wanted to talk about is sensory overload to the max. And I've already and, identified that I'm somebody who has sensory issues, so I'm I'm right. very interested.
0: Yes. So for what I'd like to ask you a question and return sure. to that, what what make? How long have you had sensory issues? Have you had them your whole life?
1: Yes, from yeah. being a very young child. Yes.
0: Right, so like when your mom was vacuuming the house, like what did you do?
1: Uh, I would sit and do this so wow. that it would, it would make yep. a noise, yeah.
0: Yeah, so you'd pat your, you'd pat your ears or you'd hold them?
1: You'd no, I them. would pat them so that it would make the noise, it would make a funny noise, and I liked the noise that it made. Right.
0: So here's I the haven't thought now. of that
1: in years.
0: <laughs> Great, I used to do the same thing and I yeah. never knew why, but it all started to make sense after I got my diagnosis. And you know, the thing is, is it's never too late to get a diagnosis and the diagnosis is not just to have a label and say, okay, look at me, I got autism now. It's to give you a level of understanding like, okay, cool, I'm not crazy. This is real. I've had this my whole life. It all makes sense now. And that's how it was with me. Now to answer your question, because I was curious, I wanted to ask you a question after you asked me a question because I want to see how it was relevant. Um, Yeah, the sensory challenges have been... um, unexplainably incomprehensibly complex to say the least um (laughs) like they they are they are very very overwhelming and they never no matter how much meditation i've done all the thousands upon thousands of hours i haven't you know i can't even keep track of how much meditation and going within and all the work you know spiritual work i've done on myself as well as uh personally developing myself for 20 years i mean i've been on this journey I still struggle with, with with these sensory challenges. And again, some days are worse than others. People need to understand that there's gonna be days where it's gonna be so overwhelming, you're just gonna feel like you're gonna, you know, crawling in your skin kind of thing. But the thing is, again, it's a spectrum. It goes back to those other questions, right? Like in the sensory, it's like you never know and you can never pinpoint when it's gonna be worse or when it's not. Sometimes it just it's like anxiety or like a um, panic attack. It could just hit you out of nowhere. But there's subtleties. And if you're aware and you've had it enough times, you could actually catch yourself from having that anxiety attack or that meltdown going into that question from before. And you could actually uh, lessen the impact of that uh, experience, that sensory experience or that reaction you're gonna have because you are keen awareness of seeing it or feeling it before it happens. Does that make sense? You yeah, know, makes total
1: sense. Yeah. yeah,
0: so you can calm yourself down in situations uh, because you're aware of what you went through before. That's what I could describe it.
1: Yeah, no, I love, so okay, now I have another question for you. Do you find, um, I know for me, one of the things that I discovered is that I have allergies. I have both food allergies and allergies to things in the environment. And so certain times of the year, I have to be extra careful with my diet because if, it's, like, it's almost like my body can handle this much. And if you put this much more on then everything cascades down. So for, for my sensory issues, if it's allergy season and I've eaten something that I have a mild allergy to and something sensory happens, it's, it's over. It's a game over. Do you find that too? Or is that just me?
0: Uh, Absolutely. That's why I'm nodding my head. Yeah. In in agreement. Um, Yeah. And I think it's very common for a lot of people on the spectrum. Uh, Again, I think there's okay. Here's the thing. When you become really, really aware of this and the more I say, the more in tune you are, or the more, consciously aware of something you are and the more in the heart, the less you're in the ego. Does that make sense? So if you're yeah. trying to figure everything out, right, you think you have all the answers and you think, you know, everything, then, you know, it, it usually is a backlash, but I have become very, very aware of my sensory acuity um, and not just within myself, but I can literally, I know I'm like, like kind of like the good doctor in a way I, I know when somebody's hurting. I know when somebody's in the pain, I know, even if they're showing me that they're not, even if you're smiling right at me, looking at me, look like everything's fine. Like look at me. Hey, how's it going? We're all just having a good time here. I know I could see through the veil of, of people's pain, people's confusion, people's anxiety, people's worries, and it's it, it's it's kind of shocking. You know, there's times when I could, you know, I don't even need to make direct contact to, to get information. I, I that's where my intuition comes from. You know. I,
1: So I know you don't like labels, but if people talk to you about whether you are, because there are people who identify themselves as intuits, that they can intuitively, okay. Okay. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I, I try not to get caught up in the labels. But unfortunately, we live in a world as human beings, we, we like to identify with certain things. I mean, I, I I can identify with certain things. I just don't like to pigeonhole me. Because then people say, Oh, that guy, that guy was pretty interesting. That actor that that was on autism live. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. He's an actor. I, I What movie is he in? I haven't seen him in a movie. You see, you get pigeonholed into this mm-hmm. certain category. And then people think that's what you are. So it's like, if I was to, if, if somebody was to say, what do I identify with? Or what are you? Or, you know, how I would just say, you know, it's hard to say that I would just say because I'm, people have called me, um, you know, a, a modern day Renaissance man, because I do so many different things, you know, and again, that can hurt you as more than help you because <laughs> Yes. If you have autism and ADHD, you, you, you don't go any, you're all over the place. You just get, you got your hands in too many cookie jars.
1: Yes, uh, I, I understand completely what you're, saying in singing my language here. Um, <laughs> so let's stop for just a second because we're sure. running out of time here. And I want to make sure that yep. people know if they're interested in being coached by you or they know somebody or they want more information about you, where would we send them?
0: Sure, so I uh, got a website, brentontylerhoffman.com just how's it sound? It's, you can, I don't know if you put it up, but it's B-R-E-N-T-O-N and then T-Y-L-E-R, middle name Hoffman, H-O-F-F-M-A-N-N, kind of a long name, Brent Um, You can go there, all the information's there. You can, you know, um, it explains everything, but also, you know, it's connected to my other site, Harmonic Consulting, and I have Facebook, uh, Harmonic Consulting. You can go there, you could check out um, the testimonials and the people that I've helped, uh, you know, video as well as uh, written testimonials um, to make a sound decision for yourself if, uh, if we'd be a good fit or not. You know, I'm not a fit for everybody. You know, Wonderful. I'm um, again, people try to identify me. They'll say, are you a nice person? Are you a mean person? Um, I, I am what you want me to be. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, uh, I, I think ahead. it really comes down to how bad do you want change. I think if people want change as bad as they want to breathe, they'll make change and they'll invest in their future and their life.
1: And uh, and I'm gonna I, I'm gonna readdress this, but if you don't want to talk about this, then we won't answer it. But there was something that I believe from being friends with you on Facebook that recently that you went through that sort of reaffirmed that warrior survivor thing. Do you want to talk about that or not?
0: Oh uh, sure yeah what what would you like to ask me for one I was in a magazine just recently on the cover of influential people magazine uh rated that's as one great. of the top influential um resilient experts in the world, so I'm pretty proud of that
1: that's amazing but i I was talking specifically about the fact that you had a little bit of a a a covid experience uh oh, i believe yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah 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 so it's it's complex right because um yeah that you know um i I got sick of uh, in February, I don't know, it, February, I'm trying to remember.
1: I feel like it was March.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, March 20th, I ended up in the hospital. Um, I, I actually, you know, I really wrote it out, me being resilient, you know, and I just thought it was a respiratory infection that went into my lungs, and I thought, ah, whatever, I'll just ride this off, no big deal, you know. I've always had that mentality, you know, ride, ride it out to the wheels fall off kind of thing. Um, and it was just too much to bear. I couldn't take it. Um, drove myself to the hospital when I was really sick. I didn't even know how sick I was, but I, I drove myself to the hospital um, and uh, got there and very, very stressful situation. I had to call in advance, let them know that I was coming. Uh, a lot of run around, very stress. I mean, you're already sick and stressed out in general. You have to go through more stress, but anyways, get there, um, they run tests, they finally tell me that they had a concern, saw um, that I had what is called bilateral pneumonia in both of my lungs. I'm thinking, oh great, that does not sound good. Um, you know, what's the next step, blah, blah, blah. They said, well, uh, you know, your insurance doesn't cover this particular hospital that you're at. So, uh, you know, we're gonna have to send you home. I'm thinking you're sending me home with bilateral pneumonia. Like, so you're sending me to my bed to die? Is that what you're saying to me? I'm like, you gotta find another solution. So they got me to another hospital that accepted my insurance, you know, go figure, right? It's always an insurance thing, right? That gets in the way. And um, they ran some other tests again, confirmed that I did have double bilateral pneumonia and uh, put me in a special room and you know I felt like I was in the movie E.T. meets the boy that could fly from the 80s because
1: they all in hazmat suits and things around you that's got to be all weird
0: the, yeah all the above yeah um, and then uh, finally got my test results took a really long time because you know that was a couple months ago so you know I guess things have sped up now but um, and and that yeah, they said that they they confirmed that I actually had the uh, COVID nineteen, and I was just like, you got to be freaking kidding me! Like with double with bilateral pneumonia, which like most people are like on respirators and like or die from that, you know. So again, right, a true walking miracle. I mean, the fact that they told me I had it, but then on top of that, the fact that I um, was able to, I didn't even, you know my co2 levels were more normal they were they were looking at me like how's this even possible like your co2 levels are normal you have bilateral pneumonia like you know all this stuff so anyways um so yeah it's a mystery to me because you know my whole life I've been sick you know I've had challenges I I um you know sensory challenges with the autism uh all that stuff but I was also diagnosed with uh, chronic Lyme disease as well I mean you can look at my story, it's pretty amazing. It's enough to make your head spin, you know. And all but here
1: things. you are, you you overcame all of that. Here you are, and you seem pretty healthy now. Do you feel well now?
0: Yeah, I mean, from, from, I mean, yes. And I mean, compared to that, yes, yes I do. But I mean, I, I have been, you know, you know, in the house a lot and cabin fever and haven't spent time with anybody and this whole COVID-19 and social distancing and all this stuff. and. Yeah, we're talking you know i've been in the house for for 60 days or probably no longer you know so it's i i i feel like um i don't know it's hard to explain like i feel kind of under the weather you know because i just i don't go out much and so But I are your like,
1: how are your lungs though or is the the bilateral pneumonia gone
0: oh yeah yeah i mean it left it left an after effect for whatever reason you know like i i i I feel like I'm still regenerating and recovering from the hit. You know what I mean? Um,
1: yeah, it takes a while. I mean, I've had pneumonia before, and it takes a while uh, to get over it uh, fully. But uh, I'm I'm, doing I'm glad yeah. I'm glad that you're on the mend at least. And yeah. and and what a great testimony for people, um, you know, to to hear that you did get over it and that you are an amazing survivor and a warrior. Um, and so give the, give the websites again, cause we're out of time.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, it's, it's amazing. It doesn't even seem like it was like,
0: how much time was that? It's like, time goes by so fast. I'm like, wait, I wait, know. And um, we actually
1: kept you much longer than we had said we were going to. So thanks for being willing. So uh, how I can how what's your website? On, yeah.
0: yeah, the website is uh, Brenton, my name, Brenton Tyler Hoffman.com. Also, if you guys are curious about me, you know, I'm a public figure, you can Google me, Brenton Tyler Hoffman just on Google, you can, you can find stuff on me there. But if you go to my website, all the information's there, check it out, reach out to me. And uh, yeah, I'd love to talk to you more.
1: Thank you so much for being with us. We really appreciate you taking the time.
0: Sure, thanks so much. You thanks stay
1: healthy. All right, take you care, too. bye-bye. bye-bye. Uh, I, just, I just thank you. We wanna take just a second here at the end to tell you a couple of things. First of all, there's that town hall meeting tonight, the State of the State of Special Education with Bonnie Yates. And it's on our Facebook, go on our Facebook and you'll find the link of how you join. It's a Zoom webinar. So uh, you will need the, the code to get in. And when you go to Zoom, um, you, go to, you go to Zoom and you, uh, you know for it, if you haven't done Zoom before, you'll have to download some stuff. So do that before the meeting, uh, but it's free. And and then it'll say join, um, you have choices, start a meeting, you know, join a meeting. If you click join join a meeting and you put in the ID number, it'll take you right to it. Now that's happening at 4 p.m. Pacific time. That means it's 7 p.m. Eastern time, 6 p.m. Central time, 5 p.m. Mountain time, and 4 p.m. on the Pacific coast. And uh, Bonnie's going to, I believe, start off with giving us an update, but there will be an opportunity for question and answer. And I just, you know, share the information with people. Uh, we can only let a certain number of people in. It's a large number. I'm not worried about it, but I do want to put that out to you so that if you want to come, make sure you get there a little bit early um so that you make sure that you have a seat at the table as it were i also want to tell you that tomorrow uh for let's talk autism with shannon and nancy we're going to cover a bunch of news stories uh that are kind of exciting and uh one horrible uh but the rest are good and george steves is going to be with us he is another actor uh on the autism spectrum that we've had on the show before he did that wonderful one-man show the magic eight ball and he's going to be joining us. Boy, he's been working. And so we're looking forward to having George back with us. And it was Nancy's birthday the other day. So we're going to celebrate Nancy's birthday tomorrow too. All of that's happening tonight and tomorrow until then. Oh, I was going to tell you too, that skillsforautism.com, if you guys go there, oh, that's, I, that was the thing for the, the one I really want. That's if you want the BIP builder. For, um, if you want, um, there's free training from Institute for Behavioral Training right now. So you go to ibehavioraltraining.com. And when you get there, there are things across the top. You want to take the one that's health and, and community. There's the little tabs at the top. It's, it says something health, community, whatever. Uh, then you go to caregiver and then you go to parent and um you'll see that they have uh different um modules and um i'm going to give you the rest of the information because we're out of time uh and i'm late for a meeting but um there are some of the modules are free you have to use the 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 code covid19 it has to all be in caps with a hyphen 19 but i'll give you more of the information about that tomorrow until then uh, i hope i see you tonight but until then give your kiddos a hug for me and one for you too bye-bye for now